2: plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
3: all right back here on Cody and Gold Alex Gold Cody Tap with you coming up in about 15 minutes we'll get back into the stadium conversation here in Kansas City we know it's potentially a big day for the future of where the Chiefs and Royals could be whether or not in April on the ballot will be that three-eighth cent sales tax extension as there are multiple reports, including from our own Bob Fesco, that Jackson County Executive Frank White is expected to veto the measure last week or two weeks ago that was approved that would allow it to go to the ballot box in April. If it does get vetoed, then on Monday there's another meeting scheduled in which there could be an override vote. But right now it sounds like perhaps they do not have the votes to do that. And if that's the case, then all bets are off once again on potentially where could the Royals and Chiefs be playing in the future when the lease for the stadiums uh, end in, what, 2031 And Jackson County and, for that matter, the state of Missouri even could be losing the teams uh, to Kansas. So we'll get to that in about 15 minutes. But let's go out to the 6 set hotline. We're excited to welcome in ESPN's Mina Kimes. Of course, you see her on NFL Live. She's got her show on YouTube as well, the Mina Kimes Show, featuring her dog Lenny, which is phenomenal. So, Mina, it's great to have you on the show, and and a lot of people here appreciated your comments about three, four weeks ago. You were one of the only national media members, I think, that said you thought the Chiefs could still end up in the AFC title game.
0: You know, I I have been mm-hmm. riding the Chiefs dream since the beginning, which I like. I say that like it's it's some kind of uh, I don't know, bold take, and it, and it shouldn't be. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Super Bowl champions, But there were a lot of points this season when I think it would be an understandable for most people to get off. But I still believe, uh, you know, the defense kind of, Carried me at points. I believed in the improvement of the offense or the ability to improve, and I'm feeling pretty good about it now. A little nervous, obviously, it's a tough game this weekend, you know, underdogs, but I, I still believe, and I'm picking the Chiefs to win.
2: How big of a difference do you think there is talent wise between these two teams? There's at times, Mina, where I think they might be carbon copies of each other. They get to the quarterback, mm. everything, et cetera. Do you think that there's a big talent difference between them?
0: Between the teams, not the quarterback, right? Yes. Um, I think they're, 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 they're they kind of net out pretty similar. There's differences. I think the Chiefs' defense right now is better. A lot of that is also a reflection of all the injuries on the bills defense, which um, it's something I'm I, to really monitor closely because I think it'll make a huge difference in this game, whether those linebackers, Taron Johnson is their corner, whether they're injured. Um, so I think that when, when you weigh the defenses, I think the Chiefs' defense is, is better and certainly healthier. Offensively, um, Bills probably have an, well certainly have an advantage at skill players, but then I think both offensive lines I would probably put on par with each other. Both run games kind of similar, so they're not too far apart when you just go head to head in all of the different categories.
3: You mentioned uh, throughout this season there were times where like you were still you know looking at the Chiefs as a potential team that can make a run, but also. You know, there were a lot of reasons to be concerned here. locally when we talked about this team, it was the offense, clearly. And whether or not they were still trying to be you know, an offense that they were in 2022 or, or 2021, now it seems like they're willing to lean into the running game a little bit. Have you noticed that? And do you think that is part of the formula for them still the rest of the way?
0: Well, I think that it, it, it's see, at times, yes, leaning into the running game matters. And that that's really matchup based. But it has been very obvious for a very long time that the offense has to flow through Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. And Rasheed Rice in particular, I think, you know, around the midpoint of the season, it was very clear that he was the number one wide receiver and the most reliable receiver. But I think wasn't what wasn't entirely clear and something that has uh, come into focus more and more as the season has gone on, and certainly over the wildcard weekend, is how to use him. Um, you know, his route tree has... I think the the priority of this offense is to get the football in his hands so that he can produce after the cash. That's the only way. Really, you're um, explosive in a reliable fashion. Uh, And uh, his emergence has been so key to me and will continue to be key as uh, you you guys go deeper into the postseason. And Patrick Mahomes, I think, clearly believes in him, uh, which is another thing that's incredibly important. You had
2: mentioned the Chiefs defense. We're biased here, obviously. We both think that they're the best defense remaining in the playoffs. I think for a majority of the year, we both thought they were the best defense in the league. Do you think they're better than Baltimore if they ran into that? Or or what stands out about the Chiefs defense to you?
0: I don't think they're better than Baltimore. I'll start there. I think Baltimore is the best defense. I think just uh, what they've done particular against the Shanahan tree offenses, the Niners and the Dolphins and back-to-back weeks was a, extraordinary. They're just, they're, they're similar though, to the chiefs in terms of like how the game, the brilliance, of the game plans, how well coached they are, the use of disguise. I just think the spine of this Ravens defense is so good that the linebackers and safeties linebackers in particular um, are so well coached. And that's so, um, they're so well-suited for playing the best offenses because you really have to have very good linebacker play. And I think we're seeing teams like Philadelphia and Dallas suffer because they didn't have that sort of talent, the linebacker position. Now, that said, Chiefs linebackers are very good. And I I think the Chiefs play with a level of physicality on defense that um, the Ravens are the only team I would really compare them to. Niners in the past maybe, but I think actually the Chiefs have overtaken them in that regard. The um, the 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 way that these cornerbacks and safeties hit and linebackers hit and tackle is so impressive. And I think when we look back at this Chiefs season versus previous seasons and and what has been the priority of roster construction, what they've done with the assets from the Tyree Kill trade, all of that, it is that physicality that stands out. I mean, you guys, like two or three years ago, the tackling was probably the single biggest problem with this football team it's why jamar chase would go off against them and turn like eight yard slants into 20 yard gains now they're arguably the best tackling team left. i I think baltimore gives them a run for their money so that's so impressive and it is the identity of this group
2: okay so now their biggest issue is drops (laughs) so i can just (laughs) pretty clearly i can establish that now i think you'd put the stat out that they had lost 360 yards or so in team drops this year? Like, I, and I know everyone has a different perspective. Is it just curable come postseason? Can you just be like, well, maybe they'll catch it this time?
0: Uh, yes and no. Drops are weird, right? Because sometimes they come and go. Some players will never get over it. Some players, it's random. Um, it's not like a totally predictive stat. Um, I think the reason why it's it's more of an issue, it's not like the drop rate is not, it's the most in the NFL, so we start there. Um, but it's kind of I think the nature of the drops and big moments, some of the downfield opportunities to MBS in particular stand out as being so crippling and, and why this offense isn't explosive. There's a few reasons but that's one of them. I think for this, because the offense, the way that they're built, uh, and I had uh, Mitch Schwartz on uh, my podcast and we talked about this in depth, one drop, one hold, one false start can derail the whole thing in a way that they can't compensate for it the way they couldn't pass with like a downhill completion, tire kill, you know? So I think that's why they kind of feel much more impactful. Um, I think though, however, even though Kelsey and Rice aren't immune to drops themselves, um, they're able to compensate for it with the production they get with the ball in their hands and their reliability otherwise. So I think, Zeroing in on them and focusing on them, even if they have one or two drops in this game, doesn't necessarily mean that the offense won't be able to function.
3: We're talking to Mita at times of ESPN. I think Cody asked you a little bit to start this interview about the two teams and not the quarterbacks, but the teams, you know, who had an advantage in certain, certain spots. What, what's the area where you think could truly decide this game? Like, is there something that's glaring to you where you're like, Hey, if, if, if this p- specific player goes off, this team is in trouble.
0: Well, uh, I think the, the thing that I'm, I'm really eyeballing these Bills injuries, because if, for example, Taron Johnson, who's their slot, doesn't play, that is so, you know, the, I mentioned the, the way the Chiefs used Rice in the wild card ground, um, the ability for him to produce on those in breaking routes, those crossers, if, if the Bills are injured in any way at linebacker. or lot or up the middle i i I really think that they'll be able to take advantage of that uh kansas city will so that jumps out to me um you know isaiah pacheco didn't play in week 14 you guys know that um and i think there the, the run game really is different with him on the field i do think that they'll be able to run the ball on buffalo um so that's another thing i think that sort of tilts me in the favor of the chiefs offense on that side of the ball and then and then defensively um You know, this this Bill's offense, they killed you guys with James Cook last time. I think that the Chiefs will be better prepared for that this time. Very curious to see how they deploy their person, what sort of Steve Spagnuolo does to fix that and to address the threat of Josh Allen running. But I think um, they're really consistent. They just, you know, I I can count on that unit, perhaps more than the Chiefs offense or the Bill's defense. So I I have a lot of belief in them.
2: Did you think Josh Allen was fake sliding on his electric run (laughs) in the last
0: round? I, I saw a clip, uh, someone posted a uh, highlight reel of him sort of head faking. I don't think it's, a. I, I think he is definitely taking advantage of the rules a little bit um, and playing off of defenders, you know, uh, fear of breaking the rules when it comes to contacting quarterbacks. But he's also such a dynamic and, and terrifying runner on his own. I don't really think it matters.
3: Lastly, before we let you go, Mina, appreciate the time. Earlier on Saturday, we know before the Chiefs even play on Sunday, they'll know whether or not they have a chance to host an AFC title game, depending on if Baltimore beats Houston. C.J. Stroud, I mean, I think we all can see where he is headed in his trajectory. Do you think they got enough, though, to go on the road and, and knock off Lamar Jackson?
0: You know, I've got the Ravens, um, not because of Stroud, although I think he certainly faces a more, I think a, a really unique challenge with this Baltimore defense and, and schematically what they can do, but more so the other side of the football. Uh, you know, Texans defense is really improved and really impressive, but they're weak in ways that I think Baltimore can take advantage of them uh, just versus the play action pass, deep balls. Um, this Ravens offense is really good at attacking outside the numbers in a way they haven't been over the course of Lamar Jackson's career. So, for me, I, I'm just betting on Lamar on the offense because of the defense across the field for them.
3: Mina Kimes of ESPN. You, of course, can see her on NFL Live. Also, check out the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny on the YouTube channel as well. And uh, what, round the horn, first take, you name it. Mina, really appreciate the time.
0: Thanks, Ben. Good luck.
3: There you go. That is Mina Kimes of ESPN giving us some time here ahead of the divisional round of the postseason. So she thinks the Chiefs are winning against the Buffalo bills. And yeah, if really for the last month, she, uh, she was one of the few national people that thought they could find themselves in an AFC title game.
2: Sounds like she might feel different. um, If it comes to chiefs Ravens in the AFC title game, a team that she thinks possesses a better defense. And look, there's no reason to not look at what the Ravens have done and think, as we've said before, the Ravens are better than
3: Buffalo. So like, you know, if you're, if you're feeling confident that the chiefs can go to Buffalo and win, and I, I certainly am leaning in that direction. Uh, it'll you know, worry about that next week, but a different story, probably how people feel heading into the depending on what Baltimore looks like too. Right. I mean, let, let's say Baltimore beats the, the Texans and the chiefs are fortunate enough to beat the sure. bills. Like if Balt if Lamar Jackson looks shaky and it's a close game, like maybe people's opinion on the Ravens change. I, I don't know. Or they could blow out the Texans and everybody's like, Oh gosh, the bills and chiefs have no chance. No matter what. I don't the, know.
2: It, some of it is maybe the timing is finally getting there. Cause I told you part of my concern last week against Miami and all the injuries they had on their defense was, or is the Chiefs' offense equipped to take advantage of it? Can the Chiefs' offense actually take care of a banged-up defense? Well, for the first time in what seemed like a very long time, the answer last week was yes, because they got Rasheed Rice going, they've got Pacheco going, they had Kelsey going. This might be the second straight week where you really can take advantage of that. Taryn Johnson, who she mentioned, they were a limited participant because they're still coming back from a concussion. From the previous week, Christian Benford hasn't, Binford hasn't practiced all week long. Maybe there is something to the idea that the slight difference between these two teams this year could very simply be the chiefs are the healthier team. They're walking into this time where they're pretty healthy. Like, I understand that like injuries happen and like waiting for sky more to come back. As we've discussed, might be better for the team. If him and Kadarius Tony for this latest, the the
3: chiefs are, I mean, like where people worry about jinxes, but it's okay. Or like the game is on Sunday. Like, but I mean, they, they, yeah. they are like, you can't really be any healthier in the national football league heading into a divisional round game. You, I mean, honestly, you can't like, do they wish they had Brian cook? Sure. But he's been on IR for a while. Like other than that, you, you really can't be any healthier. Cody going into a, a game this late in the season, look at all these other teams. And, and look at where they're at. I mean, like, the Ravens looks like are getting Mark Andrews back finally. Yeah, he was but a like, full
2: participant yesterday. Yeah,
3: it looks like Mark Andrews might even play this weekend, let so. alone let alone the AFC title game. So thanks to Mina Kimes for her perspective on this. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll go out to Buffalo, find out how they're feeling up there, what's the weather situation, and what's the latest on some of those injuries matching up with Kansas City. Mike Shope from our sister station, WGR 550 is going to join us. I mentioned before Mina hopped on with us, though, the, the latest with where things stand with the Royals and Chiefs in Jackson County. Today could be a day in which Frank White vetoes the measure to send the three-eighths cent sales tax extension to the ballot in Jackson County in April. That's the expectation. Once again, <sighs> listen to what Fesco said yesterday when he was on the drive about what he is hearing and is an override vote something that actually could happen.
1: And if he does veto it, I'm also told that there's not enough votes in the Jackson County legislature to override his veto. Even though it passed eight to one, I'm told right now they only have five votes to keep it on the ballot. And they need six of the eight or six of the nine to override the veto of the of the county commissioner.
2: Do I really have to plan on going back through this? I thought we were just going to get to talk about the April ballot. Look, I mean, based on everything. The few words that are yes. coming out of there. It does sound like there's a real, like, I, I think it sounds like from the beginning, Frank White was always going to veto it. And I just kind of assume because it got voted eight to one last week. We were good here. And now multiple three, people three seem votes. to think that their they're, three votes have changed. Now you only need one to go back. Yep. So whatever Frank White has promised or whoever's promised whatever. Politics. To try to, like, and you know how this works. This could be a lot of different people making different promises. There could be construction companies or for where the site might be. Who knows? Whatever has been promised to ever, you only need to re-find one vote. I don't know. Maybe I'm too optimistic. They can find one vote by Monday, can't Every, they? I mean, if he vetoes this
3: thing today, I think everything's on the, thab- on the table. Yeah, the expectation is a veto today, and then if that happens, Monday would be when the override vote would take place and see if they have. They need that sixth vote. They need six votes to actually override it. And if if that doesn't happen. That the veto occurs and they can't override it. Then as we said earlier, like all all bets are off. And any scenario that we had once discussed is back on the table or is on the table, however you want to phrase it. And I'm talking about Kansas, I'm talking about anywhere else. Like because
2: we we know the Royals and Chiefs put out. Jackson County can have another conversation. Whoever.
3: The the Royals and Chiefs put out that joint statement a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they committed to Jackson County. Yeah, if the three eighth cent sales tax extension passes. Well, right now you have one individual holding up the ability for the public to decide. Like, you might disagree on the publicly financing aspect of all this, and you're going to vote no. That That's fine. We are talking about right now there is an individual that won't even let you voice your opinion at the ballot box in April if if the veto happens. That's what we're talking about here.
2: We can't get inside the stadium, or I would suggest that this show hold a <laughs> protest in front of it. Um, is there a different statue? Does he have a second statue somewhere? Or like a... Look, the shrine, or he's something? already
3: tarnished his legacy throughout this entire process. But you want to talk about absolutely just ending any doubt about legacy? You veto the stadium, and you cause ultimately at some point one of these teams to leave Jackson County. That and in and, and looking at one individual, that truly, like, there won't be any gray area about who, like, oh, Frank White's the ve- one holding up this. You're game. the only one that can veto it. So if you veto it and it prevents, and and clearly right now it sounds like maybe the votes aren't there to override it. He will be the reason why if one of these teams does decide to not continue in Jackson County.
2: I've had these conversations with people back and forth and some of this stuff. I will tell you the people who think they're blind. There are a lot of people who I've spoken to who seem to think, all right, well, this whole thing's going to fall apart and that's fine. The chiefs will just get their own deal with Jackson County. Oh no. Oh no. That's not how this is going to work. They'd be the more likely of the two not to get a deal done with Jackson County. If this one fell through, are you kidding? The chiefs would be the person with more options. The Royals options this entire time have been Jackson or Clay County. They broke off talks with Clay County because they thought they had the votes in the legislator and did for at least a brief period of time to try to get this thing on there. And I thought, I really thought when the Chiefs and Royals locked arms, put out their statement, set a clear deadline, once again said what they were offering publicly, I kind of thought we were good here. This hang up for Frank White seems to be over the amount of money he thinks the team should be giving the county each year. But that's the only thing, and it's vague, and he hasn't said he wants to use it for or any of this other stuff. Yeah, the, uh,
3: Fesco said in Andrews reporting that twenty-five million dollars each year is what Frank White is asking the teams to commit. Which, again, on the surface, you do want. I would your like representative. the teams to give you, more money. You, you sure. do want your representative to get the best deal and to get more money and all that. The problem is, as you said, there hasn't been anything from Frank White of a why he believes that dollar amount needs to be that dollar amount. Yeah. B. what he plans to do with said money and how that factors into the budget and everything going forward. That's the issue. And the repercussions of losing one or both these teams to, whether it's Jackson County, what it could do for KC Moe, what it could do for the state of Missouri, like the trickle down effect. I mean, Jackson County is what is holding this up. Like people in KC Mo, like they're that, that, That's not who's holding. This is a Jackson County and a Jackson County executive problem right now. And hopefully, you know, by the time we get to Monday, if, in fact, it gets vetoed today, they find a way to get that one extra vote based on the reporting right now. It's, you know, they've got five. I can't because if you are Kansas, you know, we, we talk a lot about sports betting. And the legislative process with that when it got legalized in Kansas, yeah, was one and, guy
2: kind of holding that and, up and, too.
3: And and, and wow, well, in Missouri, there's one guy holding it up. But yeah, like, sorry, Missouri. It, yeah. it, but I'm, I'm talking about in Kansas. And when that passed, remember there was a fund that was created. And I, and it's not a it's not a large amount of money in the grand scheme of things. But there's the there a there's a fund. Yeah, there's a fund. Uh, that it's like called like the Attracting Sport Professional Sports Team Fund. I mean, seriously, it's like something yep. like that. Now, it's a small dollar amount of all sports wagering revenue from Kansas goes to this fund. And after like five years, it might only be thirty million dollars. If 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 that, it's still money. And you don't think it wouldn't be a very popular decision for if all of a sudden things fell apart in Jackson County for Governor Laura Kelly and other representatives in that in in the state of Kansas to start calling up because that becomes real. The minute this this thing falls apart in Jackson County, I'm not telling you 100 that that's where they would go. But it becomes a real viable option if you're going to have one individual who is going to hold up what your future plans are. Let's not forget the Chiefs and Royals are businesses as well, and so you are holding up a business venture, however you want to phrase it. For the yeah. Chiefs, they will look elsewhere.
2: A lot of other I'd look. I've asked this before, so let's uh, let's take another guess. <laughs> Today is Thursday. Uh, Deadline yeah. is Tuesday. Yeah. Will the Royals? Will the Jackson County legislator in your mind? And you're just guessing at this point. I'll be honest. I don't think either of us can make. I mean, an I'll, educated I'll go, guess I'll, this. I'll sure. go all.
3: Based on the reports, and including for FESCO right now, they don't have the votes to override it currently. So I'll go with I'll go with that scenario. Unfortunately, right now, in hopes that it, it that it changes.
2: I'll just I'll just be an optimist and say sure. Because when they miss the April ballot, then what? They have blown through. That would be the third deadline. They had blown through. And I understand, like, Frank's argument has been, hey, they got more time. The lease isn't up till 2030. It's not a problem. They got till 2030 to get this. I'm like, yeah, the Royals don't want to wait until 2030 to build this stadium. Yeah. I mean, and we, the Chiefs uh, don't want to be out like building it after because then they got to do a couple year lease while they wait to do the renovation. It's just a lot. It's and a for, lot, a lot.
3: for for those that don't think like, hey, there are real ramifications and someone reminded us again on the text line, and we've brought this up before. I appreciate the reminder on it. Cause we all know why sporting Kansas city is in KCK and why the legends, frankly, that whole area exists. exists. And it's because something yeah. similar, uh, thinking that there was, you know, a better deal out there. And then they called the bluff and all that sporting KC, We all know Bannister, like that's where it was supposed to be. Right. And who knows what we, you know, who knows what that area would be like. Um, Instead of like vacant office buildings, now um,
2: has been anything forever.
3: Well, it was the Cerner, pro- but now for a little bit, yeah. yeah. But anyway, the point being is like it can that that's what can happen. Like don't like it's not like just oh, there's no way they'll move. We've seen it happen in our in our city's history in our, our
2: region's history with a professional team. The state line battle's been very real in this city for a long
3: time. Yeah, and they had like the border war truce thing or whatever from a business perspective. But like this is different. <laughs> like if you if you're talking about Jackson County not being able to move forward. I, I think Kansas becomes in play, absolutely. We've talked about
2: all the things. Like, I think sometimes it's short-sighted to be like, hey, give me all the things I want now. And you're forgetting Beyonce and Taylor Swift and Lionel Messi and yeah, the, the 1%, earnings. the earnings. earnings tax, the 1% that every athlete's playing, paying, coming through this town. Patrick Mahomes signs a $500 million contract and you've just been getting to take away a little 1% of that every time. You're forgetting about some of that in this deal. And again, you and I've talked about this. I understand why people are against publicly funded stadiums. I just think they should get a chance to vote. Yeah. For them. Let them vote in April. Then just give them a chance and, to and, actually decide. Don't leave it up to one man.
3: Can't even get there right now. If again, yeah. if everything happens the way it seems like it's going to happen, which is today, a veto uh, from Frank white. And then a Monday would be a vote to try to override it, which will be an interesting vote to say the least. And right now, based on reporting, they don't have the
2: vote to override it. Just waiting for the, uh, the official word, pretty much, is what it feels like, right? At or least
3: Jackson f- County gets the property tax stuff right, though. Am I right? At least they get that stuff
2: right. Thank God I moved right before that that bill hit, huh? That'd have been
3: that would have sucked for you. That'd have been in the office. I, mean, so, I mean, there are people that I mean it, it's awful. It is terrible. I, yeah, fortunately, well, it's not directly not, impacting yeah. me. You and I don't live in Jackson County. We've made that very clear. But uh, yeah, it's that 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 whole thing is is a mess. Yeah, it's not great.
2: Well, good news is is that. Seems like everything's going great outside of that for Frank, you know? (laughs) The property tax thing really is, this is where he's just buried. And he, you know, by the way, that election, um, like he's won that seat fairly easily, multiple times over. Yes. Um, This is the only time I feel like there's a real threat. And look, he's still got years left in that. So, I mean, it's not. Yeah, I think it's it's 2026. Yeah, there's years left on that, that bid. So, I wouldn't worry about. Uh, but it just—it seems so weird to have been hung up on this. And again, it's—I don't even have a problem that Manny Abarca is talking. I hate that he's the only one talking. No one else from the legislator wants to give an opinion. I wish Frank White would open up. I wish the teams would be more clear sometimes. And they have come out and been much stronger in their stance since they linked arms a, a week ago or two weeks ago. And it just feels like you're not—you still just feel like all this happened behind closed doors, which is why you and I feel like I don't know. I don't know. Come next Tuesday. I don't know whether the Chiefs are going to be – the Chiefs and Royal Stadium projects are going to be on the ballot in April. I I just don't know.
3: We'll certainly let you know if there's any new update on today and what what transpires. uh, We'll talk about it tomorrow on the show, I'm sure. And then uh, on Monday will be a very important day. All right, let's get back to football on the field, though. Sunday night, Chiefs-Bills. Let's go up to Buffalo. Coming up next, our guy Mike Shope from our sister station at WGR in Buffalo going to fill us in. How are they feeling about this game, and how do they view the Chiefs, and what could the injuries mean for both teams? Next.
2: I got a feeling that tonight's
4: going
3: to be... Back here on Cody and Dylan. we'll get to the random question of the... Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. you are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crownland Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: in about 12 minutes or so but let's head up to buffalo and uh, talk with someone that we we check in with it seems like multiple times a year now over the last three four years since we've been doing this show i know he's been doing radio a lot longer than us up in buffalo he's our friend mike Schop from our sister station wgr 550 Uh, first off are you just you guys just run snowblowers constantly in buffalo (laughs) is you just constantly have it running on automation in your driveway
1: Yes, pretty much. It's just plugged in, and you just flip. We don't even have to go outside anymore. You just There's a switch inside the garage where you just flip it, and then uh, boom, automatic. I'm actually, it's funny you started this way, Alex. I'm going to, I was just in the middle of updating my Twitter uh, bio, 610 Consultant. I'm, changing, I'm going with that. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, these teams face know? each
2: other in the playoffs every <laughs> single year. We're kind of getting used to it.
1: And it has to stop. I think. It has to stop. Uh, I, need, I need a little bit of a break. We'll, we'll see what happens Sunday. Maybe um, maybe we'll all feel that way up here.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you this much. You guys are definitely going to want a break because if it goes the way it has been going, then I, I don't know how this version of the Bills team will recover. They would have finally gotten the game at home, at least, Mike, if they still go down to the Chiefs in this scenario after saving their season against the Chiefs. It would just feel like, how is that from an emotional state recoverable?
1: You know, um, it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm not assuming they're going to lose or anything, but we're certainly talking about the different possibilities and the narratives after this game will be just there's such a gap between a win and a loss for the Bills. You know, it's, it's the playoffs. It t- tends to be what happens in sports. But like you said, you know, if you lose the game to the Chiefs here, Um, it's going to feel like they'll never beat them, right? And so you've got a season here where maybe there's an opening in in a year where Patrick Mahomes doesn't sort of fall back into another Super Bowl. He's already been to three, of course, and Burrow has been to one, but you've got Josh Allen and, for that matter, Lamar Jackson, who, you know, you you sort of wonder how many chances will they get in a Mahomes conference, in a Mahomes world. And so Kansas City is obviously still alive here, but – this is a good chance for both the bills and the Ravens to get there. How
3: are fans feeling there? Because I, I feel like if I remember right around the last couple of years, when the game has been at arrowhead, there was always a little bit of thought in, in conversation, like wait until maybe you guys have to come here in a playoff game. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen on Sunday is how much is that discussed from a fan standpoint? And do fans feel like that is going to be the difference on Sunday?
1: I mean, I think it's, it's huge. Um, the Bills fans take a lot of a lot of pride in themselves and their aura. I mean, I think you would say I mean, they're kind of famous, famously loyal and rabid fans. And you know, you might even want to mix weather into that. It's easier when it's a team like Miami, as you guys just went through. It's sort of, it's it's you stereotype it and feel like you know you should have a psychological edge. That went that came to a crashing halt last year when Cincinnati won here in the snow. So I don't know if it's quite that anymore like it was when I was growing up and the Bills were dominant at home in the playoffs. But it's it's very big. And it's interesting. I would say, like, Allen and the Bills have played really well in Kansas City. and They've lost yeah. the two playoff games, but they've won the last three regular season games. It's not like they've gone there and kind of folded. I would say Chiefs teams, it's 30 years now, but those Chiefs playoff teams under Schottenheimer – came here and kind of folded like it was not it was not a good showing by those teams the Bills blew them out so this Bills team has been pretty good in Kansas City just not good enough to win in the playoffs
2: when you look at where they are injury wise we just had Mina Kimes on she was talking about that being her single biggest concern for the Bills chance to get this game done where are they as far as the injuries this week are they going to be able to get enough of these players back we specifically might talk about Gabe Davis here who Maybe he isn't having a good season for the bills, but he's certainly been plenty good against the chiefs in those matchups. You just previously talked about
1: in the playoff game. Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, he didn't play last week and he didn't practice yesterday. There were two guys under that umbrella. He and Taylor Rapp, safety. And so that's not a great start to the week when you miss the game, maybe playing a little bit safe, but they're not ready to go come Wednesday. Uh, Rasul Douglas and Tyrell Dodson, both super important defensive players, I would say, did practice at least some yesterday after missing the wild card game. Then you had four other guys who were hurt against Pittsburgh, maybe most notably Terrell Bernard, who's been a revelation at linebacker this year, and that's probably a very important player for a team playing Kansas City. He didn't practice yesterday. He was carted off on, on Monday, remember, short week for the Bills, too. And um, his, his status is a big one to watch. I think maybe even more importantly than Davis, uh, as the Bills have gotten Khalil Shakir going and Dalton Kincaid. So I don't think they're really too much worse off. And, in fact, I don't, I don't think Davis had a catch in Kansas City uh, this year, which was surprising to me, like you said. You know, you th- sort of think of him uh, for that record-setting playoff game. So they, the Bills mean it's right. I mean, they have a pretty good list, and they're not ruling any of these guys out. We'll see what happens, uh, what comes out later this afternoon.
3: We're talking to Mike Shope of WGR 550 up in Buffalo. Going back to the Week 14 game where the Bills came away with that victory, you mentioned you know, Game Davis, did, game Davis didn't have a catch, but that was the James Cook show. I won't say coming out party because that was the Cowboys game where he just was ridiculous. <laughs> but looking at that, it was the first time we really had seen that, and the Chiefs hadn't seen that on film or anything. How do you believe the Bills offensively, kind of approach this game, this go-around? Is it going to be just trying to feed James Cook throughout, or is this a game where you feel like now they've got these tight ends working?
1: I think Cook will be super important. This sort of, the way I look at them, and we've probably talked about this over the years, I mean, I just loved when the bills became such a pass heavy team, like they, it fit right in with Allen's ascent and they were doing all the smart stuff, right. It seemed with motion and play action and their pass to run ratio, neutral situations since they changed offensive coordinator, they are the run heaviest team in the NFL. And so I don't love that for them here, but I think there's every reason to expect them to lean into cook. They have done that consistently since Joe Brady took over from Ken Dorsey They've won almost every game that way. And, you know, last week he might have had 18 carries against Pittsburgh. You know, um, that's a game script game. Other times they've been behind you still see the quantity, the volume for Cook. So he has had a few memorable drop passes, downfield stuff, vertical stuff. And that's a part of what they want to be. Um, We'll see if they keep doing it. If he drops the ball, it's (laughs) maybe that changes things, but... Yeah, I I think he's super important, just like, you know, you think Pacheco is in this game with the, the fame and stature of these two quarterbacks, the running backs could end up meaning a lot here.
2: When you look at the head coaching thing, obviously McDermott had a little bit of controversy in the middle season from comments four years ago, and they seem to have rallied behind him. I think a couple of years ago, Mike, people were like, hey, Sean McDermott might be one of the up and coming better coaches in the NFL. How's he viewed now? Not just because of the comments from a few years ago but because he's come up short in the playoffs so
1: often well i mean individually it goes back to what we started with where there's so much at stake for him and i think maybe his image or status with with fans for whatever that's worth i never thought we were headed toward a coaching change unless the season just completely fell apart which it obviously hasn't there's there's no misunderstanding the success that he's had at a franchise that it had very little for a long time. It's remarkable. I do think, though, there are still questions about whether or not in the next big game, which would be this game now, um, he'll end up sort of, in a word, maybe turtling uh, too conservative, which has been my criticism of some of his strategy over the years. And in these playoff games, the AFC championship in Kansas City, they kicked, they kicked a couple of, Wimpy field goals, you know, when losing, uh, fourth and short. And then you had 13 seconds, which is still a mystery to everybody, just how the Bills kind of blew that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's in the clear when it comes to the fans or I think in general uh, because the one biggest question or concern about him, I think, from talking to people for years about it, is what will happen in the playoffs? Will the Bills actually be the team that doesn't make the big mistake uh, makes the aggressive decision and has a pay payoff. That is yet to be seen here. That's what Sunday's about. And then hopefully for the bill's sake, do more games.
3: We know you like to dabble uh, in betting a little bit as well. I'm just curious, what do you make of the Chiefs' as three-point underdogs in this game? I feel like this is a coin flip type of game. And so no matter who was the favorite or, or the dog, I should say, if I'm getting three points, same thing could be said about Buffalo. I think I got to take that team.
1: I tend to agree. When it comes to the Chiefs in these Mahomes years, whenever they're an underdog, I want them. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. I just just want to sort of close my eyes and pick them. And the Bills were favored there this year, maybe last year, definitely. And they won both of those games. So I would have lost on those, those bets if I'd made them. When it comes to the Bills, for me, the thing has been more, they can't make the line big enough when it comes to Buffalo as a favorite. But this year that went off the rails. I mean, they had... What, alex like seven or eight in a row where they were big favorites and didn't cover like it's um it's been that way until this pittsburgh game so yeah i don't know if i sound like i'm hedging but with either of these teams i'd love to get points just like you said all right real
3: quick give me one for those people here that are looking to make a bet you got the buffalo perspective let's move on from the spread for a second is there a player prop just a player that you're like hey i'm in buffalo i watch this team i, I feel like this is a bet on the buffalo side
1: I think Shakir is that player. I mean, Cook, yes. Uh, His total is somewhere in the low 60s, I think, like Pacheco, and that's fine. But especially if no Davis, but even when Davis was playing, they're they're turning to Shakir now, and he's produced. And against Kansas City, number one receivers don't always get off with Snead on the field. And so I'd always want to kind of find the number two guy, when it comes to the chiefs. And that goes back to this last meeting and how it was really stunning to me that Davis didn't cut a pass at Arrowhead, but, um, you know, you could say sort of build this in kind of an ar- argument about Kincaid, uh, but I like Shakir more in this kind of way.
2: Did he, did he inform you that he used to, you know, cover Boise state when he lived there and that we give him a hard time for always mentioning Boise state <laughs> players. It's funny that you even <laughs>
1: mentioned Khalil Shakir to him. Yeah, no, I did not know that. I did I just I just know Bluefield. That's kind yeah. of my boys in state uh terminology. <laughs> yeah, no
3: no question. Well look, we, we didn't talk enough this week and I feel like we we probably actually shortchanged you a little bit because in the past we always would make a bet for playoff games. And this year is a year where I'm guessing because it's in Buffalo, you guys probably feel better about the Bills' chances and, and we did not make a station to station bet this year for some wings <laughs> or
1: barbecue. No, that's right. That's right. Probably a miss on my, I, I should have been the one to sort of be, because you would have had to say yes. Right. Like if and if I, I, I would have oh, said, if we would have said yes. To that, yeah. offer, <laughs> right, we, that was a straight up bet. That was not a, a point spread bet a right. few years ago. So you, you know, you win one against somebody, you got to, you just got to take the next one, whatever yeah. they, I'll, I'll tell you this. You with, but, uh, we, we didn't no, make we didn't make there. a
3: bet we didn't make a bet for this game and that's fine i'll tell you this though and we'll see if cody disagrees if the bills go on to win the super bowl we'll send you some barbecue
1: yeah that's fair <laughs> that's that's where i'll put it of course i would accept that offer
3: <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right mike enjoy the rest of the week man going to be awesome going to be fun on sunday and uh, uh we'll stay in touch thank you guys there you go that's mike Schope of wgr 550 in buffalo yeah i was thinking that earlier today i'm like This would have been the year for Buffalo. They'd probably feel a little bit better to, like, make the... the, the, I thought he'd been trying to get his... his, Yeah, uh, we both dropped the ball on it. But no, I think that's fair. If the Bills go on to win the Super Bowl out of courtesy, out of having them all... We will send them some KC barbecue if the Bills win the Super Bowl. They'll be
2: very busy. It'll probably taste well at that moment, so Uh that at least helps. By the way, the continued war on pro football focus continues today. In the locker room today, LeJerry Steed got asked about it. Oh, boy. LeJerry Steed's response on how he feels about pro football focus and their grades based on J.J. Watt's most recent comments, quote, they suck. Then he waited another second. He said, they suck. I said it twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like he should. He sh- like I, I kind of like all of the. Between the Pro Bowl snub, between the
3: All Pro oh, snub. Oh, yeah. I like
2: Sneed all- banging his chest here. It's, it's great. been the entire locker room. I and
3: mean, you heard Nick Bolton after last week's game, like asking, he was asked, hey, what does this say about the defense or the secondary? And I believe I'm paraphrasing, but Nick Bolton basically said, like, it says that LJ should have been an All Pro. Like, so the entire locker room is taking it personally. That L, you know, LJ Legarius Sneed is
2: not getting the respect that he deserves based off of a hell of a season. So I, I think it's good. I think it's fantastic. I think it's I think it is really tremendous motivation. I mean, really tremendous motivation for this team. And because they only had one single defensive player listed for the pro bowl and for the all pro as one of the league's best defenses. You're gonna play that card the rest of the way. Spags was asked about Legeria And He's like, I'm gonna be watching that tape for a while. I think he I I don't I can't remember the exact phrasing he used today, but it was just like like a proud papa, I think is what he said. Like a proud papa with Legerious Need. I'm like, of course. You watch that Chiefs mic'd Up video when he's like get better hands 10 and he's shoving them to the ground and the motivation. <laughs> I love the way this defense is playing right now. This has been the most enjoyable defense the chiefs have played in a decade. Oh yeah. you got to go back to the Eric Berry, Tom Bahali, Justin Houston days for sure. And I might enjoy this version of the defense better. I might. Yeah. That's what going to the
3: game. I mean, I'm not worried about the defense. I think the defense is going to do their thing. The question is whether the offense avoids turning the ball over and can they score in the red zone? Like I, I'm not worried about what this defense is going to do. doesn't mean they won't give up points, but I I trust this defense in big spots. They've done it enough every single game.
2: That's not my concern whatsoever.
0: Random question.
2: For you, Gold. For you, JT. Reminder, uh, Drew is out sick.
0: Maybe back tomorrow. Hope he's
2: feeling better. Yeah, he He was not not... feeling
3: good at all yesterday.
2: No, honestly, he shouldn't have worked yesterday. I'm glad he took today off. And for the text line, 913-586-7610. Of course, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, all available for you as well if you want to watch the show on video stream. Question today I have comes via celebrity news. So I don't know, uh, I don't know if anybody on the show watched The Big Bang Theory, but the yeah, lead actress in that, yeah. Kelly Cuoco, she is a recent mom. So she's, you know, she turned a parent pretty soon. She got in a little bit of hot water because she was traveling with her child, and an effort to keep the baby from being noisy on the airplane, which people would prefer. Yeah. She brought a white noise machine. And use that to help keep the child asleep during there in which some passengers complain. The question I have today, of course, is... What's worse? Is it okay to bring a white noise machine if the effort in doing so is to keep your baby quiet?
4: I'm sorry, but uh, I might be too young for this, but what is a white noise machine? It can re- like, reduce crying. Because, go good.
2: Uh, yeah. It, it, it's,
3: it, it's white, no- uh, white noise. Like it's, Dude, it's uh, like running a yeah, fan. It's it just like... It's so. It, <sighs> it
4: just makes like a sound. So it makes a sound throughout the whole plane in a sense.
3: And for infants and stuff it can be like what comforting, right? Like it can cause them to go to sleep or whatever, be quiet, right? Anyway, what's worse? Yeah, but I, what's worse? I think the baby crying. Way worse than the white noise. The airplane already has natural white noise I would argue from like just the plane making noise.
2: I think that that's easier to distract yourself from but here's the argument on the other side. I mean, there's still a chance the baby won't cry. You know? Like, the white noise, I am guaranteed an amount of noise that might bother me on the plane. The baby might not cry. Oh, I might not have oh, any baby's sound.
3: The baby's the crying. The baby's crying. Cody, the, the plane already has what I would call white noise to begin with. Like, no plane is just silent. It
2: already, you know, it has the, you know, the engine. you hear all the noise. You just hear the noise for the I think plane. if you're in a couple of rows of a per- I think if you're going to do that, you got to sit in the back. I think you got to be all the way in the back or all the way in the front to disturb the least amount of, if you're bringing a white noise machine on a plane, I think he sit here in the front of the you got How loud is it? Do How your daughters is pretty loud, depends on the person. But do you think if you're in
3: you know row A and I'm in row J, am I hearing the white noise machine all the way back in row J? If I don't think so. It's all the way
2: up maybe, but in, in an airplane, airplane I don't think so.
3: Probably so really bad. it's the people right next to you that are impacted. And uh, my question would be would I care to my left is a mom and her child and and the child is crying or to the left of me is the mom, a quiet child, but a white noise machine, that I can clearly hear the machine. I think I'm taking the machine over the constant crying from the baby.
2: Legend of Sax on Twitch says, guess what? I just have my own headphones and my phone. I can't hear anything. That is a big thing. I couldn't, like... JT wasn't here when we did this on the show. I couldn't believe one time when you flew with no headphones and you were just staring forward. I mean, honestly, <laughs> what? Guys, no I still way. think about no. it like it's serial killer yeah, so, behavior. It genuinely bothers me. I bring noise-canceling headphones. I crank yeah. them up to 15. So, I can't hear we, anything we, on the plane, so I don't really care.
3: We've talked about this yet, yeah, JT. So on a plane, a lot of times I end up just nodding out for a little bit. And so there are times where I'll just close my eyes and then obviously my eyes will open back up, but I won't always, I, I yeah, a lot of times I don't have headphones. Now, maybe that changes if I fly, Now I just gotta a new pair of, we were talking about this Cody in December, like the AirPods. Now that I have some, yeah. some good headphones for that, maybe I will. But usually, yeah, I, I kind of nod in and out on a flight. That's crazy
2: not to put on headphones. Mm. I, I just, it's
4: that's cr- wild. I, I, I have to have headphones. I bring like two pairs just in case one dies on the plane. Right, I'm like, all right, I got an extra pair.
2: Like I'm just telling you right now, like if my headphones like, died, at my I got phone. to the airport and they died. I would buy headphones at that overpriced really? kiosk before flying with no headphones. I'd spend four hundred dollars on a pair of wow. Okay, skull I don't candy. know about that one, dude. I'm not flying See, silent. Think, I'm not flying on that airplane silent. No I way.
3: think it will change now that I have like a reason. Like I'm I, I, now that I have the AirPods, but I also sometimes you just sleep on the plane.
2: Okay, the other I, tough part is the tax guy's pointing out is like just give the mom a break. What do you think that they're more uncomfortable situation? Because I'll tell you this much. Like if a baby is screaming on a plane, if you think you hate it more than the parent trying to get that baby quiet. Oh my God, you are so wrong. You're so very wrong. I'm in a nightmare situation there. Not only am I hearing the crying baby, but I also know that I've disrupted everyone else's life. I think the white noise machine was an attempt to be like, I'm trying not to disrupt your life. So the,
3: the passengers actually were complaining or yeah, did people uh, just on social media no, no, saw no, the they, passenger
2: went to the flight, attendant to complain?
3: And what do they do? They make her shut it off. Yeah. They did. And then the baby should have started crying immediately
2: because then that would have been <laughs> a lesson learned. <laughs> At that a, point, I wouldn't have been real quick like, to make my baby quiet. I'll tell you that yeah, much.
3: Yeah. Imagine right as you turn the white noise machine off, the baby just started crying.
2: I never flew with my kids as a baby. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. That seems brutal. I'm when you think about all the not, stuff I'm you have to, this.
3: all the stuff you have to pack for your family when you're going on a flight with young kids. I can't imagine. Oh, what a mess.
2: I think the, uh, like, and I'll tell you this, I'd probably be that parent, like, now, if, you know, you see the kids probably, like, I'm just going to get them headphones and an iPad, and we're just going to get through this flight. You'll never see or hear from yeah. my kids. It is true. You'll have a mountain of snacks, the... a headphone, and a, you know, headphones and an iPad. Uh, they are going to be out of your way.
3: Wouldn't the white noise machine also, like, maybe actually cause you to fall asleep too, next to them?
2: <laughs> Depends on the person. My daughter uses a white noise machine, but my, I've never
3: done that. Like I and don't my, like the. Kids do. yeah. I like it. Like I like my. Like if I'm going to say, I like it dark and I like it like quiet. I don't. I don't want lights on. I don't need, like. I will watch TV before bed, but I don't leave the TV on overnight. I, I like. I don't, I cannot stand like even at a hotel. If you happen to be sharing a hotel room with somebody or whatever for you know like we we've we've had uh, trips for work or whatever, unfortunately where we've had a split rooms yeah. or whatever. Like I don't even like the bathroom door like slightly open with the light. I like it dark. I I do I just I can sleep way better that way.
4: That's that's how my girlfriend is, and I'm yeah. I I, can, I have. I, really I like care. to have a, like a little light so I can see in case I have to go to the restroom. Well, yeah,
3: you don't know want. Yeah, I mean, in the hotel room where you're not familiar with the floor plan, I've definitely hit my knee on the side of a bed before. and That sucks at two in the morning.
2: Yeah, but some that's people brutal. sleep with a fan. That's the adult version of a white noise. Yeah, that's machine. what I was going to say. That's my white fan. People who sleep with the fan are, every
3: night. But are you sleeping with the fan for the noise or because you just like cold, like cold air blowing? up? I think room? sometimes it's both.
4: Okay.
2: Like yeah. I think, I think it provides both services. Essentially, I, I, the fan is providing that same white noise. Set. Yeah. I
4: guess my mom would say I use it for white noise because I'll be under four blankets and I have a, I have the fan <laughs> on in winter. <laughs> yeah. This person
2: says I always leave the lights on when you sleep. That's what? like I wouldn't leave lights on when I sleep. I mean, I turn them. on. I don't care if there's a little light in the room, but I'm you not. Can't have them your the bedroom light on. on. That's crazy. I don't know
4: what's worse, having the bedroom light on while you're sleeping, or. Uh, gold over here driving or flying without headphones at least you said you're on your phone i thought you were just sitting there crisscross like hmm can't wait to if get I'm, there if i'm trying to like if i'm not like
3: you'll there'll be times where i'll not in and out and so then i'll wake up and then i'll just be like staring like half asleep for yeah like because cody's seen me do it i yeah. think
2: you're, i don't think you're allowed to complain about noise on an airplane i think that's on you you don't like noise on well, an I'm airplane like, i'm not complaining no, I'm about just the saying. noise yeah. get headphones yeah like you can complain about someone going barefoot next to you that's a controllable element there's just gonna be noise. Kids are sometimes noisy. Babies are sometimes noisy. People fall asleep on the plane and snore. Yeah, you should just I, prepare accordingly.
3: I know there's some people that like leaving the TV on in the room. Like I don't mind that. That's at least I not as that's off, not what? as bright. Like you have the volume down. But if the vo- like if the volume's on the TV, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I cannot have talking vo- You know, people talking in the background on TV while I'm trying to fall asleep. No way. I I mean, unless I am just completely. You know. You, you know. You're you're completely uh, just exhausted from the day and it's it's late at night or whatever but it's not uncommon for people to not wear headphones not everybody's wearing headphones i agree
2: i think i i I can't believe you'd make that decision that's all i'm saying i like
3: some people just fall asleep cody on planes that's a great skill to have if you can just you wake up in the flight and you're there like Dana hughes we had him on when they went to germany he said and he fell asleep he took i don't know if he took anything but he fell asleep and he woke up, and they were in Germany. That sounds like the way to fly, man. That sounds like <laughs> the way to fly. Living.
4: Now I, I will say this: when I I like to sleep on a plane as well, uh, with my headphones though I won't wear like the the ones like what we're wearing right now. Over the head. Over the head ones. On I'll the wear ear. the earbuds because yeah. if they're over the head, I feel like I'm not
2: sleeping well. It just hurts my ear to sleep. I can't sleep on the plane. I do over the ear noise canceling, like drown. He's never out been able every to just sound. even
3: like not out for like a half hour on a plane. I've
2: never fallen asleep on a
3: plane. I mean, I don't I don't get the I, not to the extreme of Dan and where like sleep sleep. I can like I've been on a red eye flight back from Vegas before. And all sleep for like 35 40 minutes at a time, wake back up and, like that sucks but sure. I've Little done those. Yeah, something like that. All right, there you go. That's the random Question of the day. Up next, though, let's get back into Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. We asked Dane and Hughes about these two and the importance. Thought his answer was pretty interesting. That's next.
4: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four
1: amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. <laughs> Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24-monthly bill credits for
2: well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.
3: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.